Welcome to the Pop Culture Pub Podcast. Now let's begin. My name is Chris Lockhart, and I am not alone. For this episode, I have a full crew. All my co-podcasters in crime are here, so in no particular order, we'll go. We'll throw it over to Lillian Knelson. How's it going, Lillian? Hello. I'm happy to be back. It seems like it's been forever. Um, life is lifey. It's good. Perfect. <laughs> And, and Lillian had mentioned it was it's her her uh, wedding anniversary um, at the time of this recording, so we were very appreciative to have her here, and appreciate um, appreciate Dan. This topic her with us. trumps my husband. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell him thank you for us. We we like Dan, having you here. Boys say thank you. How many years have you guys been married? Four. It's our fourth year, so I can't remember what that is. Last year was leather, and we got him a Ragnar belt, so... Oh, nice. Maybe, maybe four years as Batman. Yeah. <laughs> the bad anniversary. Um, next up, we got Ragnar. How's it going, Ragnar? Well, uh, hello, everyone. It's going quite well. Um, I just adopted a new kitten, so I apologize if there's a little bit of extra noise on my end tonight, or if I have to suddenly leave the conversation. But uh, I assure you all, she is very cute. Excellent. And I also have to apologize this evening because normally I shut my fans off uh, when I record. Uh, but we are under like a heat warning where I'm at. And it's it, although it's only 24 degrees Celsius right now, it feels a lot warmer than that in my room. So I, I apologize. I can't shut my fans off. So you'll hear some background noise, but hopefully it won't be too distracting. And last but not least, we have Kevin Deason. How's it going, Kev? It's going well. I, I made the joke earlier. We got some of your smoke again. Mm-hmm. Not as bad as it was before, though. <coughs> um, but still, like, this this whole thing's just weird. Like, I, I mean, I'm aware of wildfires, but 
here in the States, I don't think we've ever had it come down here before. Yeah, so it's... A, a whole new world here. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, yeah, it's it's never lingered this long. Um, I remember, like, I was actually thinking about this yesterday. I, 29, like, because we had, like, a major fire, like, I don't know, two hours north. A town called Slave Lake in 2011 where, like, a third of the town burnt down. Um, like, my, my aunt and uncle's house burnt down. Um, yeah, and, and they had such an awesome house. Like, it was, like, a five-story. Like, just there's just two of them, but they had, like, this enormous house. But it was so it was so nice. But, yeah, unfortunately, it burned down. Um, and then, what was it, 2016 was the Fort McMurray fire. Um, and then I remember 2019, there was, a, again, another fire by Slave Lake. Um, and I remember, like, it was just... It was kind of like that Armageddon kind of feel where... Because I was taking a course in Slave Lake when this was happening, and then they got put on four-hour evacuation alert. So they, you know, our course got uh, got cut short. Uh, like, we basically got dismissed at, like, noon. And I remember, like, my co-workers and I, like, we went to a restaurant um, for lunch. Like, you know, and it's a popular restaurant. It's uh, Mr. Mike's. Um, you know, it's a chain of restaurants. And it was like we were the only ones there. There, there was like a mom and her son, and and the rest of the restaurant was empty because everyone was like on evacuation alert, you know, getting ready. And here we were, like out of towners. We're like, yeah, let's go for something to eat. And uh, yeah, it was just crazy. Like the I just remember the lineups for the gas stations. Like it was just it was nuts. But um, yeah, 2019 it was smoky. I want to say 2020 it was smoky, and then. Was it 2021, Ragnar, when we when we met up? Um, yeah, that that must have been 2021. Yeah, I think so. And and it was so smoky in Edmonton. Uh, like, we were very close to the skyscrapers. Like, we were very close to downtown Edmonton, but we couldn't even see the skyscrapers. It was so thick. Oh, and we were like, we were like two or three blocks away from them. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah. crazy. Um... And that was, like, I think the first time I saw a person... I don't know if you remember this, Ragnar, or if you even noticed this guy. Uh, the first time I've... I, it, like, the guy must have must have had jaundice. Like, it was, like, this homeless guy that was walking past when, okay. we, when we were walking out of the, the restaurant. And he was, like, yellow. Like, he looked like he was from The Simpsons. Like, it was crazy oh, wow. how, how yellow this guy was. Um, but, yeah, he, like, you know, you could tell he was homeless, but, yeah... Definitely had jaundice. Like I've never seen that before. Well, I, and I've seen it since. I've seen like there was this old lady uh, that we saw it at a. I took my wife to a dental appointment or something in the city, and there was this lady, and she was yellow too. And I just never seen that before. But anyway, uh, yeah. Long story short, it's been smoky. But apparently, this the smoke from Canada is all is migrating its way into Europe now. Just because of the the air, oh. the way the the jet streams work and stuff, like I like I heard like this was a few days ago, like Spain was getting hit with it and France and and uh, yeah, I saw that on the news yesterday. France and Spain were getting it. That's yeah. crazy. Well, I remember, like I want to say it was like 2010. I remember in Alberta, like where where I worked, we got a bunch of smoke from like Siberia. 
that summer. Like, it was only for, like, a day or two, but I remember it was, like, really thick, and it was just crazy thinking this is coming from Russia. But it, it, but it affecting us. Like, it was just... It's crazy how, how, how that works. Um, but anyway... Uh, yeah, sorry about that, Kev. Hopefully <laughs> we get some rain up here and we, we can start putting some of these fires out because, yeah, it's, it sucks. Um, so anyway, we're going to change gears here. We're going to, our topic this evening for the Pop Culture Pub Podcast is Batman Villains. Um, I just recently saw the Flash movie with Michael Keaton as Batman, so I'm like, I was like really pumped up, you know, because, you know, I know that, I know that movie's not doing well at the box office, but I, I liked it, I enjoyed it, and I especially enjoyed seeing Michael Keaton back as Batman, and seeing him do things that he wasn't able to do in 1989 because they just couldn't, um, so I was really hyped, and I was like, yeah, let's talk some Batman villains. Because uh, that's the only downside to this, the Flash movie, is because it's not a Batman movie, and he doesn't face off against one of his villains, like they're actually fighting General Zod, so... Um, anyway. So, uh, was that movie, like, is it worth seeing, or should I just wait till it hits streaming? I, I liked it. Um, I Like, there's some people, like... Okay, I'll, a quick tangent. Um, I, I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, okay. my, my, compl- my complaint is Michael Keaton, I wish was in it more. Um, and I actually liked the, the girl that they had playing, uh, Supergirl. I thought she was really good too. Um, and actually Ezra Miller, like I was actually surprised how much I enjoyed Ezra Miller's performance in this film like he plays two versions of the flash and and i apologize but if i you know because i realize he identifies as they them but i just have you know i that part of my brain that like i just because he plays a a male character i'm just gonna if i say him i I'm, i'm not trying to show any disrespect but anyway um Ezra Miller plays two different versions of Barry Allen, and I I thought the performance was great. You know, like I, I was never a fan of him as the Flash, and I still think he doesn't make a great Barry Allen. I think Grant Gustin plays a better uh, Barry Allen from the Flash TV series. But yeah, this, that guy was awesome. Yeah, and like I think Ezra Miller could play uh wally west i think he would have been a great wally west flash because he you know because wally west was more because he he was kid flash that got promoted to the flash when barry allen died on crisis on infinite earths and in the comic books so barry allen you know like he like that character comes from you know the 60s so he has like that sixty sensibility about him, like that, you know, like you're like your dad. Like I always associate Barry Allen as being the dad uh, in the Flash universe, and then uh, not not to cut out Jay Garrett, who is uh, the original Flash, but Barry Allen, like he has that sensibility, that sixty sensibility, 
and then Kid Flash, who later becomes Flash, who's Wally West, is more like an 80s type of kid. So I think Ezra Miller fits that better, that character. But anyway, long story short, I thought he was good in this film. I really did. Okay. Um, and, you know, some people didn't, you know, uh, I, one of the criticisms was CGI. Um, because when he's running through the multiverse or whatever, uh, they CGI recreate people for, that he sees. Um, uh, and, and people say that that's bad CGI, but honestly, I think it was done on purpose. Like, they're not supposed to look real in when he's traveling through the multiverse. Um, you know, at least that's how that, that was how I took that. Um, I didn't think it was that they were trying to do bad CGI or they cheaped out, which they might maybe they did, but I think it worked narratively doing that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And yeah, seeing Michael Keaton back as Batman was amazing. Um, all right, so I've got four questions that I'm gonna go around the table and ask everybody. So, first up, who is your favorite Bat villain? Uh, it doesn't have to be one. You could you can name off multiple villains, but who is your favorite Bat villain? And Lillian, we'll throw it to you. Who who is your favorite Bat villain? So my favorite of all time is the Riddler, mm. and but I need. I didn't want to, because the second question actually clarifies my first question, so I'm just going to leave it at that. The Riddler is my favorite all-time, does not get enough respect, uh, bat villain. Excellent. Uh, and I'll just jump in, because that's my answer as well. I, I love the Riddler. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I honestly, the Batman, like that movie that just came out the like last year... I didn't like that portrayal of the Riddler. Um, you know, I, 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 yeah, our second question, we'll get it more into that, but uh, yeah. the Riddler has always been my favorite villain. Um, when he's done traditionally, I don't like, like, there was, I don't know, one of the comic book writers where he had, like, a shaved head and and all that kind of stuff. Like, he was kind of like a punk type of thing. And I, I just don't like that. I, I like the Riddler to be traditional. And I think the reason why he scares me um, the most out of the villains is because I'm really bad with riddles. You know, like, like a joke I think I can get or understand easier. But a riddle, especially a very clever one, like... It's like it, it's like a brain teaser, and sometimes you know, like like it comes easy for some people, but it I doesn't really come easy to me. So I think if I was Batman, I'd be more threatened by a riddle than a joke. Um, so anyway, uh, Ragnar, who is your favorite Bat villain? Well, I'm probably in the Joker camp. Um, I mean, it is very dependent on like which franchise. Mm-hmm. Like the, you know, the Joker in the 1960s Batman is very different from the Joker in the 1980s Batman, mm -hmm. who is very different from the Joker in the 2000s Batman. So, 
But generally speaking, the Joker is one of my favorites, especially when he's done well. Um, I yeah. did not like the the portrayal of the Joker by Jared Leto. I thought that was terrible. Agreed, hundred percent. But otherwise, I generally like the Joker in in all the different franchises and variations on him. Um, although I do know that as a kid, Two Face was hands down my favorite, and that's because I saw. Um, the Batman movie with Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face when I was however old when that movie came out, 10 maybe. Mm-hmm. And he, I thought he was the coolest, most badass villain ever. Excellent. Um, yeah, I would say, yeah, in the 90s, yeah, definitely Two-Face was up there for me. Um, they did this annual, I want to say in 1990, for the Batman title, the main title, and it was like a Two-Face... It was it was it was a story about Two Face, about how Harvey Dent was Two Face, and they explained how he became Two Face, all that sort of stuff. And then he gets like plastic surgery, and he gets um, therapy and stuff, and he becomes Harvey Dent again. But oh, cool. but he's still kind of off a little bit. And then the end, like I just remember it blowing my mind. Like so, he's looking in the mirror at the end of the issue. And then he, then he screams or something, and then people rush into the bathroom, and, and he literally has ripped off his new side of his face, like the oh. plastic surgery, to, to you know become Two-Face again. Like, no matter how hard he tried to get rid of the Two-Face persona, he couldn't. And I just remember and being blown away by that. That is a great concept, and I would watch the shit out of that as a movie. Oh yeah, like I, I would have to agree. That sounds <laughs> tormented soul, amazing. Yeah, and and especially like because like I was like ten years old when I read this. Like it just blew my mind. Like I didn't know anything about multiple personalities and all this other stuff, and that just kind of introduced me to that. And I was just like, whoa, like this is this is scary, and uh, yeah, it. Just an amazing uh, story. And like I said, it was just an annual. It was just like a double-sized issue. It was really good. Um, and and what you were saying about the Joker, Ragnar, I agree. Like, it, when the Joker's done right, he's amazing. Like, um, in the New 52, the, I, I think that's probably my favorite iteration of the Joker uh, when Scott Snyder was writing him, because in issue in the New Fifty Two issue one of Detective Comics, um, I can't remember how it happens, but someone basically cuts the Joker's face, like skins the Joker's face off, and oh. and then you and then they didn't use the Joker for like the first year or so in the New Fifty Two. So uh, for some reason. Gotham PD decided to keep his face on ice so it wouldn't like rot and deteriorate and for some reason they kept it at you know the their you know main precinct um, and then the Joker shows up to take his face back and that was a scary sequence because you know you have all these cops in this room and then all of a sudden the lights go out and you can hear the Joker laughing and then when the lights come on he's killed a bunch of cops and taken his face back and and this is in a, a storyline called Death of the Family, where basically he kidnaps all of Bruce Wayne's um, 
subordinates. It's all like, the Robins, right? All the Robins, the Bat Batgirl, um, Alfred. Like this is so, a really it's a book. Is is it a graph? It's a big book, isn't it? Yeah, it's yep. it's, it's a six issue series, I think. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, like at one point you you're wondering if he's killed or taken their faces off and because he has their faces wrapped in gauze and it turns out he didn't spoilers but um it's freaky and then i you know it was freaky when he broke into gotham pd to get his face back and then he wears his face as a mask like he he literally ties has it tied up in the back of his head so he he wears his face as if it were a mask and as the series goes on, because obviously days are passing by and his face is starting to rot, you start seeing, like, flies and stuff flying around his face. Um, and uh, so, yeah, he obviously knows who Batman is. He knows he's Bruce Wayne. Um, he kidnaps all the Robins. And there's this one sequence with Commissioner Gordon where he tells commissioner gordon that you know sometimes he'll he'll hide under his bed and listen to him sleep and that just like freaked me out i'm like holy shit <laughs> you know like this you know like he's that depraved and 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 obviously like in past um issues of of batman like i mean he beat barbara gordon and made her paralyzed for for a time, um, and yeah, he he literally killed Jason Todd uh, by beating him with a crowbar and then blowing him up in the eighties. Uh, so yeah, this guy this guy's pretty scary. But yeah, the um, oh yeah, and then to end it uh, when Scott Snyder's run, um, they did this storyline where uh, Batman's trying to figure out who the joker is and he you know the he finds like old pictures in like the gotham archives like pictures from like the 1800s and you can see the joker like in the background of some of these pictures and he's trying to figure if it's photoshopped or if he's really like some sort of old person uh because like in the gotham archives they refer to this person as the pale man so is the Joker like some sort of supernatural being, or is he some you know just posing as this? Or um, and then of course there was the three Jokers uh, storyline, which I highly recommend, um, where there's literally three Jokers. Because uh, oh, what Jeff Johns did a storyline. Uh, I can't remember what, what which one it was, but Batman gets on the mo- more uh, the Mobius chair. Am I saying that right, Kev? Mo- is it the Mobius yep. chair? Mobius chair. And so the Mobius chair gives you like you can gives you knowledge of anything. So he his question to the Mobius chair was who is the Joker, and the Mobius chair replies which one. <laughs> so that so then they go into the storyline the three Jokers where you got the. The, the killer, the comedian, and the or no the criminal, the comedian, the clown, the clown, yeah, and they're so there's the three jokers and one and two of them are clones, 
as you know, spoilers as the story goes on. But they don't know; they themselves don't even know which one is the original Joker. So this is this is like a, a black label storyline. So it's not actually continuity, but it, it was such a neat premise. Um, written by Jeff again, Johns again. That could make a wicked movie. Oh yeah, it it totally could because there it was Jeff Johns trying to explain why the Joker over the years, like, you know, like sometimes he's goofy, like a clown. Sometimes he's funny, like a comedian. Um, and what was the other one, Kev? Oh, a criminal where he's like, a, um, you know, like a mafioso kind of guy. So this kind of explains why there's these different versions of the Joker. It was very interesting. But anyway, uh, Kevin, who is your favorite Batman villain. So I wanted to, like, I wanted to pick, you know, off the beaten path ones, but especially with all of our Joker talk, I mean, it's Joker for sure for me. Yeah. <laughs> Heck um, yeah. There, there's amazing stories like you're bringing up. Uh, there's cool stuff they've done. Um, I mention it all the time. The the Hero Clicks, uh, like RPG game figure things. Uh, they come with a card that gives you the stats. So, like, here's Superman's power and strength and flight and everything. Here's Batman's powers and all. Okay. The Joker figure, you have to roll the dice to figure out his powers because every <laughs> time Joker shows up, he's slightly different. Yeah. So they even include it with the game. Um, I like Joker at my, my headcanon interpretation of Joker because you mentioned, like, the Pale Man, how long has he been around? There's three Jokers, all this stuff. I think of the Joker as an agent of chaos, like mm -hmm. DC's version of Loki, like a god of mischief. Yeah. So we will never know who the actual Joker is because there isn't an actual Joker. I think he's just a spirit of, you know, chaos and destruction and, and everything that is just in Gotham yeah. and would always infect someone different. And actually the Gotham TV show kind of did that a little bit too. Yeah. Like here's all these versions of joker but it's more like each one inspires the next so there's always this joker thing character whatever that's going to be there uh, one of my favorite joker stories ever isn't even in a batman comic it's a superman story called emperor joker mm. where joker tricks mr mixoplitic and gets a portion of his powers Mm, such a fun word. I have to interrupt. I'm sorry. Mix is good. Like, I love that name. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I tried really hard to <laughs> So Joker starts transforming the world in his own image for it. And it's, oh my God, it's so good. And then you, it, it's also a story of, I don't see any way that the heroes are going to win. And then, you know, because eventually the heroes got to win. When the, the realization of the twist and, you know, the end of Act 2 and start of Act 3 comes, you're like, oh my god, I never saw that coming. It's perfect. Um, but to go off the beaten path for a second here, because these, these villains will never be brought up otherwise, but they're just some of my favorite, like, B and C tier ones. Mm -hmm. I love the name KG Beast. Nice. Yep. One for just the KGB, the Russian again. I mean, he was a character of his times, you know. Mm -hmm. USSR still exists and all, but okay, here's this Russian assassin, the KGB, but also a KGB, you, you know, like such a stupid thing, but I love it. Yeah. 
Kite Man is the epitome of a stupid character, has gotten a bit of, I wouldn't say cool, but a bit more respect because of the Harley Quinn cartoon. And the funniest thing is that Kite Man's alter ego, Kite Man's real name, is Charles Brown. Because the whole character is a takeoff of Charlie Brown and the kite eating tree. Oh, okay. Whole character is a joke from day one. Yeah. And I'm like, that's just fun. Um, I don't know about uh, how you know any of the rest of us is going to do things, but a great Batman villain that's not a villain anymore and is real close to being considered DC's like fourth pillar is Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. However, Joker and Harley is a very, it's not a love story, and I will ha- argue with people about that, it's not a love story at all, but it's a very interesting dynamic that once she turns good, or as close to good as she can be, depending on the story, um, you kind of lose that. Yeah. So DC in the last two years have introduced a character called Punchline. Mm-hmm. This is a very, very smart student that starts doing a research paper on the Joker, and the more research she's getting into it, the more, much like people write love letters to serial killers in prison, the more she kind of falls in love with him and is interested in him and everything. So she starts writing letters to Joker in Arkham to get his attention. And then he says, well, if you really want my attention, here's what you got to do. And it's a horribly violent thing. She freaking does it. And he's like, oh, I have a new girl I can manipulate to do all of my stuff. Mm-hmm. And the look for her is so cool. She's straight up evil. I don't think, you know, not a redeemable character. So it's taken, you know, all the all the stuff people like for Harley Quinn, removing the romance aspect of it, at least for now. Um, but given the Joker that, like, sidekick peer, someone to bounce off of, you know, manipulate whatever, mm-hmm. but still keeping Harley as the evolved character that she now is and not bringing it back. Like I'm worried that the Joker sequel is going to do next year. Yeah. Although I am interested to see Lady Gaga playing her. I'm very curious, but like, uh, a friend of a friend was like, oh, we, my, my husband and I are going to dress up as Joker and Harley Quinn because I think they're the most romantic couple in all fiction. I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> I was like, yeah. we have, there's a lot we got to discuss here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I got to say, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Lady Gaga. I really, I really think she's very talented. And I, I really liked, oh, um, that movie with her and Bradley Cooper, um, she was really good. Uh, yeah, Starsborn. Yeah, I thought she was really good in that. So I'm, I'm interested to see her as Harley Quinn. Um, but, Kev, I just wanted to go back to what you are saying about the Joker and maybe he's just the force of nature or something like that. There's a movie which isn't a Batman movie, but I think this it kind of falls in, in line with what you're saying, and it's a Denzel Washington movie called Fallen, and this came out in 1998. And it's, it's, like, this like this is, I think, a Joker movie without it being a Joker movie. Um, 
So after witnessing the execution of serial killer Edgar Reese, who was played by Casey Jones, alias uh, Coteus, whom he arrested, police detective John Hobbs, who's played by Denzel Washington, and his partner Jonesy, played by John Goodman, are soon investigating another murderer, murderer whose mode of operation is eerily similar to Reese's. In the course of the investigation, Hobb meets the theology professor Greta Milano, who introduces him to the world of the occult and the possibility that possibility that an evil spirit is behind the killings. This was a I I I love this movie. Probably one of my favorite Denzel Washington movies. Um, James Gandolfini plays a cop in this movie uh, before he became Tony Soprano. Um, and um, Ada... Is it Ada Tuturo? Who, who played Janice, his sister, also plays a cop in this movie. Because they must have filmed it in New York. Um, but yeah, like if, if the Joker's a spirit... Like that concept. This is the this is a movie that's almost exactly like that. It was really good. Okay. Um. All right. So my next question is, who is your favorite on-screen bat villain slash actor? All right, Lillian. Who who's your favorite? Okay, bat so I'm actor? curious because you're my you're my fellow riddle, riddle buddy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so riddle Frank buddy. Fortune is my favorite. <laughs> riddle buddy. Yes. Uh, okay. 100% okay, agree. Yeah, Frank Gorshin, I love him. He he was such a good actor. Um you know, he's like the last thing I remember he was in 12 Monkeys, the movie. Um and uh you know, he's in a great uh original series episode, Let That Be Your Last Battlefield on Star Trek. But you yeah. follow, right? Uh but, but uh, no, the name starts with the B, doesn't it? The commissioner. The black and white dude, right? Yeah, Commissioner Bell or Bell. I don't know. It's, it's been so long. I know the I know the guy he's lo- he's going after. His name's Loki. I remember that. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. that episode where he's black on the one side and white on the other, and then he hates the yeah. other guy because he's black on the opposite side and white on the opposite side. And... <laughs> yeah, it was a great episode. But Frank Gorshin, yeah, he's such a good actor. I love that guy. He was one of my first crushes, and I don't even know. I, don't, I was like, wow, why? Okay, we'll go with this. He's beautiful. Yeah, I you mean... Must been, you must have been so upset when you see that it's going to be a Riddler episode of Adam West Batman, and then it turns out to be John Aston. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, like, I, I don't have any, like, no hate towards Jim Carrey. I think I just, you know, Frank's Riddler was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And and the Jim, I think Jim Carrey's Riddler just reminded me of Jim Carrey. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, love but some of it just it was not the same. Frank. Frank Gorshin, yeah, like uh, what what you're saying about Kev John Aston, like I like him too, like but Frank Gorshin was just better, just like you know, like you know, Eartha Kitt was good, a good Catwoman, but you know, um, oh what's her name, Julie Newmar was the absolute best. Um, when you're talking about, well, I'm, I'm a Michelle Pfeiffer man. Yeah, well, no, I'm, I'm definitely, and I, I, I do like the new Catwoman in in the Batman. I thought uh, Zoe Kravitz was pretty good. Uh, Fantastic job, yeah. I mean, I don't think, I think 
you know, I feel as if the next boys are going to have a harder time because there's been so many jokers. Yeah, and and the the guy that because they did a, a a deleted scene for that movie where the Riddler is like in a cell next to the Joker, mm-hmm. and you're and you they because I think you you hear him in the movie, but you don't know if it's the Joker. But they actually filmed yeah. a scene where you saw him, and I didn't like what I saw. So I'm hoping they don't go that route. Um, but but yeah, like I. Lillian, to get back to what you're saying about the Riddler uh, with Jim Carrey, I agree. Um, especially when, when towards the end of the movie, when he's going like off the wall and he's got the red hair and and you know the goofy, you know, really bad, you know, spandex suit. Like Frank Gorshin's spandex suit was awesome. Like uh, like why they felt they had to go too far with it. But originally, apparently, uh, the original casting for the Riddler was going to be Robin Williams um, for Batman Forever. But they, I don't know, he declined or, or maybe he's filming something. I, I'm not ex- exactly sure what the story is behind I mean, that. There's a possibility that would have been really good, but that also could have been really not good. Well, that's the thing. I think, like, the like Batman Forever was kind of like... Uh, it was like a six Batman sixty six type of film, like it was goofy and off the wall and yeah, what it wasn't I, great. I mean, as a kid, it was great. As an adult, it's it's not great. No, and but I think if they would have stuck with the Tim Burton aesthetic, I think Robin Williams. Well, would we have made you know a great Batman Riddler. and Forever is is something I think all of us have nostalgia feels about. Batman and Robin, we all just pretend does not exist. <laughs> you, you know, I've never actually watched that from top to bottom. I've seen a few scenes here and there, but I think... You've never I, stared at the bat nipples in Alicia Silverstone for ever? She's really bad in that movie. Really <laughs> bad. I mean, she's I... really li- bad in every movie. Well, I liked her in Clueless. And... No, I love I love her, but she is... You don't love her for her acting. You love her when... The, like, beautiful. Clueless is well-written... Um, it, you know, when she plays a murderous babysitter, it's well written. Yeah. Um, it's just, it, but it's not necessarily her. Yeah. And she was in Aerosmith videos with Liv Tyler back in the day, and yeah. And she, I mean, she's still beautiful. Like I, like I, I see, I see her on social media now, and she did a commercial, a clueless commercial for something, not too long ago, and I was like, wow, she's she's still very beautiful. Um, but yeah, bad as 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 bad girl like that was bad um but i don't know if i, I do you, have you guys heard any spoilers about the the flash movie can, can i give you guys a spoiler like oh yeah you you, you go right ahead because like the only reason i'm gonna watch is to see michael keaton okay pretty much so, i i'm not sure about kevin but i i honestly am not too worried about spoilers Okay, so I've, I've actually seen that. Oh, oh, okay. there we go. So the Michael Keaton isn't the only Batman that makes a return. We actually oh. at the end of the, end of the movie spoilers, we get George Clooney back as Batman. Oh wow! And oh I, my god! And I'm actually interested to see what they're it, like. Because supposedly, like this movie was supposed to be. The reset of the universe, so 
James Gunn can take over. So does that mean that George Clooney's going to be Batman? Yeah, but what about... I'm so confused because, you know, I have I have no issue with actors playing multiple characters in different places. Yeah. But I'm I, I just... That's it. Wow. That's interesting to return it at his age. No offense to like his age, but I mean, I, I still don't yeah, know. Well, person right now. <laughs> he, he looks great. Like, uh, it's fantastic. Like, I love him in Spider Man, but still. Well, when. You, oh, well, I'm talking about George Clooney. Um, my went, oh, I'm thinking of. Ugh, you're, I'm you're hopeless. Michael Keaton. I'm well, thinking of. I, my, I don't know where my brain went there. Oh, I mean, my goodness. Michael Keaton looked great in this, mo- <laughs> in this movie as well, but when George Clooney showed up, I was like. Huh. I just had a moment. I forgot entirely who he was. <laughs> and uh, that that's okay. But yeah, it's very like, interesting because he's he's widely considered the worst Batman in in all the different Batman films we've ever had. Well, Which one was he in? Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. Oh, that's why I blotted it from my mind. Yeah. So I. I They're not going to bring back Arnold Schwarzenegger as Freeze, are there? Well, that's the thing. Like, is are are they going to do that? Like, uh, or is is Clooney going to play like a like a better version of Batman? Because like, I, it wasn't George Clooney's fault. Like, he he was just an actor in a movie. It was. And it was a badly written movie. Like, it yeah, was it, bad. It was, it was the writing, was the directing. Like, it, it was all bad. Uh, but what if he was in a good Batman movie? Like, I think he would be amazing. Okay, guys, so hold still. Bell bottoms are back. I've seen people rocking Tom Selleck, like mustaches. Mullets are back. This is, Are we back in the 90s? Uh, Did we go through a temporal well, anomaly and no one told us? Well, I, I shared a meme tonight about uh, uh, grads, like uh, the guys w- dressing like Pee Wee Herman to their grads. Cause, like, that's all the 80s are back. Because that's the, that's the style now, like the short tight pants with the little with the little jacket did we agree to this was there a vote somewhere and we like i don't mind but i just some of the stuff they're redoing just does not need to be redone oh i got got bad news for you then oh no bad news for you because early 2000s fashion is back Uh, just no one of my female friends is so mad because apparently the new trend, the the brought back trend, is going to be the low rise jeans and the high rise underwear again. Oh, oh the early two thousands. I saw girls at a prom on Saturday wearing tank tops that I wore in the late nineties, like wow. the stripy halter top kind of ones that everybody wore. Yeah. It was trippy. <laughs> I'm I'm all for the mullet coming back, you know. But uh, I I just personally I won't rock one anymore, just because. Um, I just get like I can't like I got to keep my hair short, man. Otherwise, I'm overheating, you know. Uh, all my heat goes to the top of my head, and if it's if there's lots of hair there, I'm done. Can so. we make a list of things that we could petition that we want them to redo or bring back, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer? We could bring back or. Or, you know, I'm down... There's a couple iterations I'm down for. Yeah, absolutely. Firefly. Firefly. That's where... For my for my quote that I used for, for my mushy post to my husband, I quoted Malcolm Reynolds. Nice. <laughs> so. Excellent. Um, 
All right, so, uh, Ragnar, who's your favorite bat villain actor? Uh, man, that's tough, because, like, the the first Tim Burton Batman movie with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson is one of my favorite movies of all time. I will watch that movie again and again and again and again and again, and I just never get tired of the world that Tim Burton built for that film. Yep. And Jack Nicholson is incredible. But then the Heath Ledger Joker came out and just blew our minds. Yep. I did also like the Joaquin Phoenix Joker, and uh, I thought the show Gotham did a great job with Joker, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think I'm going to stick with Jack Nicholson as my favorite. Um... Just because whenever you say the Joker, like that's exact, that's the first thing I think of. You know, and he. Did you run around quoting? Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? <laughs> thing. Right. <laughs> like, whenever you're in a museum, do you get the urge to pull out a giant feather quill and start painting things? <laughs> his, his, you know, honestly, his death was one of the creepiest ones to me with the laughing teeth with his just laying there. I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure that one gave me nightmares. Yeah. I mean, Jack Nicholson is, is a phenomenal actor, and he doesn't typically play villains. He typically played anti-heroes. Mm -hmm. So his Batman performance playing the Joker, you know, I mean, that was incredible. And he was a very sinister, scary, insane villain. Um, it, and also, you know, in a very highly stylized way. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's probably my favorite. And definitely my least favorite is Jared Leto. His his Joker was yeah. just horrible. Yeah. Woof. Yeah, I, I I hate when they take villains and want to spruce them up like that. Like I said, like I don't want to see tattooed, you know, grilled well, I, grilled teeth Joker. Like I just, I, no. I thought that made I thought that part like all of that made sense for trying to bring it to a modern audience. I didn't have a huge objection with that. I just thought the character sucked. It wasn't even so much that he looked stupid. He just, he sucked in general. Yeah, well, uh, for, for me, like, one of, like, what it, makes... I thought his... I, oh, go, go ahead. I was gonna say, what make for me, what makes the Joker scary, like, just visually... Is the fact that he's you know a clown? So you normally we associate clowns with happy and ch children and all that kind of stuff, but he wears a suit, which you again attribute to somebody who's professional and you know you know granted his suit is like purple or pink or whatever it is, whatever color he's going for, uh, it's still a suit. So it's like you got these contradicting things that like this guy shouldn't be evil, but he is. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, I, tats, like, no offense to anyone that, got, that has tats, but, you know, generally, um, you know, it, you know, if you're going to go for, um, I don't know, like, I just, I just not a fan of, of tattoo, ch changing it up visually too much. See, I, 
I think for me that. Are the, you judging my Star Trek tattoo? No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not judging. <laughs> yeah, any, dude, any, I'm like covered. I'm in joking. Tattoos. I'm joking. Ta- like I, I mean, I don't have tattoos, but if you want to rock tattoos like that, I, I, I like tattoos. Like, but um, I think one of the fun parts in in terms of visually, especially with movies and TV shows, with the Joker, is always. You don't know if he's actually insane or if he's just, you know, just having fun. Because sometimes he pulls off very elaborate things that would have taken a lot of work to put together. And then other times he just seems like he's insane and just got lucky. Yep. And so you're, you're right with the, the look, right? He's He's got the, the makeup and he looks like a clown, but then he's wearing a suit, so you just never quite know. Is he actually insane, or is it just an act to make you think he's insane? And he, I mean, Heath Ledger pulled that off the most successfully, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, where he wasn't insane, he was just trying to convince everyone he was insane to the point that he basically was insane. <laughs> yeah. And, and, I mean, Jack Nicholson did that, too. But he definitely, there's a point in the film where he just like, oh no, he's insane now. And and uh, with Heath Ledger, it was a much more subtle performance about if he's actually crazy or not. Um, but then the Jared Leto one, it, it was just terrible. It was hokey and wooden and, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it had any redeeming qualities. And I think the thing I like, the, the thing that I have the least bad to say about was the look because it made sense in a modern context. If the Joker was a gangster in today's world, he'd probably look like that. Yeah. But, uh, um, I didn't, I didn't think the character was good. I thought when you first saw him, I'm like, okay, he's unsettling. He's creepy. This could be awesome. And then within a few seconds, I'm like, nah, this isn't going to be awesome. Whereas like the Heath Ledger take, you know, the first few seconds that you see him on screen, you're you're sold. Like you're in. Mm-hmm. You're totally in. The Jack Nicholson Joker again. You're totally sold. You're totally in. But the Jared Leto one, you're just kind of like, yeah, I guess. You know. Yeah, like what? Like with the, as much as I love Jack Nicholson, I, and I, I agree with you, Ragnar. He's my favorite Joker. One thing that I liked more with Heath Ledger's Joker. And it, and it's not so much Heath Ledger; it's how it was written. Was Batman '89? They gave him an origin, you know, like he was this yeah. gangster. He Batman dropped him into the chemicals, and it was the chemicals that made him insane. Like he was already a murderer and a psychopath to begin with, but now he it, he's more insane because of the chemicals. Whereas Heath Ledger, he just shows up, and we don't know where he comes yeah, from, no who idea. he is. Yeah. He, he, you know, he's telling different stories about how he got a smile. So it's like, and I mean, what, and with what, the Heath Ledger one, if Heath Ledger hadn't have died, I'm sure we would have seen that Joker come back again. Yes, and I'm sure they would have they would have taken that character even further somehow. Yeah, and, and it's it's so tragic that he died so young because mm-hmm. honestly, before that we just thought he was a pretty boy, and then when he did that role, we were all like holy shit, this guy can act. And then he died, and we basically never got to see him again. Yeah. Yeah, um, I gr- agreed. Like, I, I I remember when he got cast, I remember, like you said, thinking, like, I rem- like I know him from A Knight's Tale, and 
Uh, yeah, it was. It was when he got announced, it was like, what? Yeah. What? Why? Well, he was in that movie. Mo- is it Monsters Ball? Is that the one with Billy Bob Thornton and and Halle Berry? Um, mm, I think so. I think that is it. Where Halle Be- Halle Berry won an Oscar for it. Yeah. Um, and he plays Billy Bob's son. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. He he was pretty good in that movie. I remember You're thinking right. yeah. thinking he was. You know, he's got some acting chops. But, well, we know that for sure after seeing him in, in The Dark Knight. Yeah. But that's the thing. Yeah, like you said, Ragnar, like, I mean, he was good looking, and he was known for being in the teen comedy type of stuff. So it was yeah, like, yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, just like uh, Robert Patterson, uh, like, to be honest with you, I thought he was really good in The Batman. Uh, not the best Bruce Wayne but no, as far as Batman, I thought his Bruce Wayne was weak, but his Batman was pretty good. Yeah, like, yeah, hundred uh, percent. It was the it was the opposite of Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck's Batman sucked, but his Bruce Wayne was really good. Agreed. Yeah, just, that was my take on it. Well, I, I again, not to give too many spoilers, you do see the Affleck Batman in the Flash, and it's awesome. He he's really good. Cool. So cool. Uh, the only the only, uh, the only crime I, is you don't see the, him and Michael Keaton together in a scene. Oh that yeah, that would have been. Awesome. been. But anyway, uh, we should also throw out a um, a shout out to Joaquin Phoenix for for his take on the Joker because mm-hmm. his his take was again totally different than the other people's. Yeah, and and his his is more haunting and more like subconsciously creepy. You don't really look at him and and. Is even in in the suit and the makeup, you don't really get scared or anything. But when you watch the film, there's a, a definite creep, ick factor, kind of mm-hmm. going on under the surface. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, and and, uh, the fact and I'm very interested to see where they take that because, you know, we thought it was going to just be a one-off, but it looks like they're going to make. Well, they are making a new one, and mm-hmm. they may make several new ones, and. And uh, there's a lot of potential there. Well, the the fact that he did a Joker movie without Batman, and it was good, yeah. it says yeah, a lot. No Batman. We're not even sure if it's set in the same universe that we yeah. even have a Batman. Like, yeah. Well, I the think D- DC is kind of weird that way. They have so many different things going on simultaneously, and they don't all overlap together. Whereas the Marvel ones are all connected on some level. Yeah, I think if I remember correctly, in the Joker movie, don't they reference like Wayne Enterprises or something? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they reference Wayne Enterprises at some point. But yeah, but we don't know. Well, they they reference Thomas Wayne, don't they? Oh, that implying, what it was? Yeah. yeah. They're implying that Joker thinks he's the illegitimate son or something like that. And it, it, I guess like the. Original script or original idea was they were going to imply that Joker's Thomas Wayne's illegitimate son, but the way it comes across in the editing and then the actual movie applies, he's more like, hey, how would my life be different if I lived here? How would my life be different if he was my father? And it's more right. of a daydreaming uh-huh. thing than an actual, like, bloodline thing. Okay. Yeah, that that's one movie i got to rewatch. I've only ever seen it the one time, so i got to... I got to rewatch. It was good. I, I do, I do really. Yeah, like I it. think I think I'd like to rewatch that one too because I remember 
I didn't see it when it first came out. I was kind of like reluctant. Mm-hmm. And then everybody, everybody just raved about it. So I think when I finally watched it, I was kind of like the bar had been set too high and I didn't enjoy it to its full extent. Yeah. And, uh, I think I, yeah, I think I should, should check that one out again. I have a feeling I'm going to like it a lot more in the second pass. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say that I didn't like it. I just, I think, I think people built it up for me to be better or different than it was. I'm not, I'm not sure what I went in expecting, but I, I didn't quite get what I was expecting, but I don't think that was a bad thing. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I definitely want to watch that one again now. Yeah, me too. Uh, Kev, uh, who is your favorite on screen bat villain slash actor? Okay. So Heath Ledger is my favorite Joker for sure. Um, and we, we really seem to be doing more live action because I will give credit to Mark Hamill for yes. everything. Oh, here. hell yeah. If you oh, guys didn't mention him, I was, was going to. <laughs> There's a great episode of, what's it called? Justice League Action. It was the cartoon series um, where every character in the episode is voiced by Mark Hamill. So, like, the Joker kidnaps Mark Hamill, and then, yeah. like, every, any other hero or villain that appears are ones that he voiced in other cartoons. Wow. So he does every voice in the episode. And it's just a, it's such a trip. Yeah. And you can tell he's having a blast. And, uh, just tangent, uh, the 90s Spider-Man cartoon that had, you know, the big toy line around it and everything, mm-hmm. Mark Hamill voices Hobgoblin on that. And it's absolutely like a dry run for him voicing Joker. Huh. It is very similar. Okay. Because I don't he, think I knew that. That's cool. He wasn't the first choice to voice uh, Joker on an animated series. Hmm. It was Tim Curry. Oh. Who actually recorded some, and they were like, it's just not working. Yeah. Like, you're <laughs> Tim Curry, you're great, but this isn't... You know, this isn't quite what we're looking for here. Well, and and that's the thing. Like, you know, we were we were talking about Heath Ledger and stuff, not seeing him as the Joker. I never would have thought of Luke Skywalker as being the voice of the Joker. Like, I no, remember, I, perfect. Yeah, I remember hearing that casting back, you know, back in the early '90s, and thinking like, that's weird. Like, I just I can't see Mark Hamill doing that, but he's an incredible voice actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Michelle Pfeiffer's best Catwoman, mm, yeah. and I like Batman Returns better. As because someone told me, I, I forget who and when and everything, but someone's like, if you watch it as a Catwoman movie and not as a Batman movie, it makes a lot more sense. Ah. Like if you go if you go in with the mindset of Catwoman's the star and it's her story and Batman's the guest star, that movie flows a lot differently. Hmm. And you're like, okay, this kind of makes more sense here. Um, and, and one, like, I can't believe I forgot it, I think because I was thinking more movies than TV. Uh, I think the actor's name is Robin Taylor, who played Penguin on Gotham. That is by far my favorite version of Penguin. He oh, no, was yeah, in- he's an amazing actor. Oh, I forgot about that show. 
God, he was so good as Penguin. Like he he stole every scene he was in. He became the star of the show, and they they never went for it. But there was a highly implied sort of relationship between him and Riddler as the series got going. I need to like, finish it. Oh my like goodness! They, they, they never pulled the trigger on it, but it was just like, huh? You two have a connection here. I'm not quite sure what it is, but it could go a certain way, which would be really groundbreaking. And in this version of it, it would seem natural, and it wouldn't seem like forcing it onto characters just for the heck of it. Yeah, like it it, it would have flowed throughout the series, and you would have been like, oh well, yeah, that totally makes sense. That's that was inevitable. And they, I don't know if it's because you know, you know, Fox as as Firefly was mentioned earlier, you know. Fox will only go so far before screwing things up on their own, yep. you know, tripping over their own shoelaces and all. I don't know, but like, I I will defend that show. And again, like Lily, I never finished it, and I really need to go back and actually finish the series too. But I thought that show was so good with so many. I keep restarting it. Yeah. It's just so well done, though. It's such a wonderful... It's so well done. I think I just get lost, and then it just... Some of it is very dialogue-heavy in some places. And I'm not a big fan of Gordon. I... Big tangent here. I've been a huge fan of Donald Logue, who plays Bullock on there. Oh, yeah. yeah, He's always great. I saw him in this super independent low budget movie called Tower of Steve which I freaking love it's one of my all time favorite movies and no one knows of it and it, it's him like you know just starting out and I've watched him since then Grounded for Life not a great show he was fine on it though <laughs> yeah, yeah he he was in uh, Sons of Anarchy as well I believe yeah yeah, and he was in Vikings. Yeah, Law and right. Order for a little while too. Yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a good actor. And well, and he was really great in that role in Gotham. Like he was, he was that was the perfect role for him. Well, you actually get to like him, right? Like I ha- oh, I, have, yeah. I haven't watched a lot of Gotham, but usually Bullock you don't like. Usually he's a a putz or an asshole, but I. If I remember well, correctly, he, he is in this show. <laughs> but but, but you, you like but him. you like him. Oh yeah. Whereas yeah. like yeah, Bullock like in Batman Begins, he was like. True. Also, he was played by a Sons of Anarchy actor. I was gonna say also a Sons of Anarchy connection there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I felt like him as Bullock in in Gotham was Jim Gordon's the only good cop. You know, is the whole idea. Yeah. But here's Bullock as like. You know, you're, uh, if I can only save one soul, it's worth it. And he seemed to be the one that Gordon's going to be able to save. Meanwhile, you know, the rest of them may be corrupt, the rest of them may be whatever, but that's the one that Gordon's going to turn around. Yeah. And he, he's not perfect, but he's still on our side. Yeah. Yeah, that's one show I, I've watched a few episodes, never got into it. Because I had a hard time with the concept of there being no Batman, but there's bat villains. Uh, oh, there's, but, well, there's 
It's Bruce Wayne's a little kid. Yeah. He's going to become Batman. By the end, he's practically Batman. Yeah, that that kind of threw me off to begin with, but I, I know my sister binged it, and she was, like, wanting to talk to me about it because she liked it so much. Well, I, I loved it because it, they had that interesting mix of, like, it's cheesy at times, mm-hmm. and it's super, like, gothic-y at times, and the action sequences were good, and it was full of Easter eggs. So I, th- I thought it was great. There yeah. are definitely cringy moments in it. Some of the acting isn't very good sometimes. The story isn't always great. But as a whole, in its own little universe, I thought it was pretty good. And I, I quite enjoyed it. And the guy who played Alfred, too, was incredible. So good. Yeah. And the girl, the girl they cast as Catwoman is like Michelle Pfeiffer's like little kid version. Like She was just shockingly perfect to, to grow up and become Michelle Pfeiffer. See, and I love all of the characters around it. Like, you can't go wrong with, um, oh my god, King, you know, Kingpin. Fantastic. Everything's beautiful. Wait, well, I'm wrong. Show again. I did it again. No, who's the yeah, bad guy in this one? There? Penguin? Was he in there? Yeah, no, no. That's what I, okay, no, no. Who's the, yeah, no, no. That's like King. No. 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 No, wrong with, no, no. Who's the big bad guy? So there's like the big, Falcone. There we go. Falcone. Oh, yeah. Falcone. So yeah. Falcone is, yeah, there we go. I'm, I'm on, brain is just, woof, we've had some, okay, so Falcone is a wonderful bad guy. You've got, you know, all his underlings who are always doing their thing. Penguin's just quietly doing himself, and it's just beautiful. Like, the bad guys are great. You love your own side characters, you know, kind of thing. But I just, like we said, the Gordon thing is, like, kind of exhausting. The whole White Knight kind of thing. Um, I really, his wife was annoying. And that's probably why I keep stopping watching, is I'm just exhausted by the whole non-stop so, because the very beginning, it's very heavy centric about how corrupt Gotham is, mm-hmm. and I just I need to get past that because apparently it gets really like better. Yeah, I, yeah, I I think it it's worth worth pushing through a few more seasons before you decide to pull the plug. I can do it. I can do it. There's a thing on there that, you know all of a sudden I become like a great comic writer and I'm given Batman, I would instantly put in the comic because I want it to be official canon where when Thomas and Martha Wayne are shot in the alley, a young Catwoman is watching it from the fire escapes. So mm-hmm. she and Bruce have this connection immediately. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm like, God, that would make a lot of sense with her being a, a street child her seeing this and then you know you could say like oh hey I'm going to be a cat burglar and take from the wealthy because even the wealthy die even the wealthy die horrible deaths there's no safety in Gotham here and that deep down you know she knows even before you reveal she knows that Bruce is Batman you know somewhere deep down even if she you know consciously doesn't know because they have this connection she it, but and and I prefer for him to not know. Like she knows she witnessed it, but he doesn't know she did. Hmm. And I just thought it was like such an interesting little thing that they did on the show. I'm like, I wouldn't make that canon. Yeah, that they're always. I, I think you're right. That's a that's a that was a pretty good idea. Excellent. Um. All right. So the next question I have, 
your favorite non-Batman villain or hero who has had a run-in with Batman? Lillian, who is your favorite non-Batman villain or hero who has had a run-in with him? Oh, this was a hard one. Um, so I actually had to narrow it down to two. Uh, top one being Spawn because I love Spawn so much and they don't do enough with Spawn. I love my Spawn. Um, and Ninja Turtles. Ah. It was a toss-up between Ninja Turtles and and Spawn and Power Rangers, but I had to go with, like, if I had to pick between two of my top favorite, it would be Spawn or Ninja Turtles. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, that that, that was great. And the, the animated movies were good, too that they did with those uh, Ninja Turtles crossing over. Um, I just love Ninja Turtles. And the irony is, like, as we're sitting here, I'm editing uh, for uh, my little nerd event because we have a guest voice actor coming out who voiced Raphael as a Ninja Turtle, so my screen is all Ninja Turtles right now. Oh, that's awesome. Raphael from the cartoon? No, no, he was in uh, Ninja Turtles 3, um, and he was also in... The next mutation, which most people, I don't know anyone who's actually really watched it. Okay. But lovely gentleman, lovely, wonderful gentleman. Ninja Turtles 3 is actually one of my favorite movies, so um, I will be buying all of his autographs. Ninja Turtles 3 is the back in time one, right? Where they go to. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, that one was fun. So. Um, Well, my my favorite, I, I love it whenever he goes up against Lex Luthor because Lex Luthor is also you know a brilliant billionaire so I love the fact when Bruce Wayne and Lex square off as businessmen but also when Lex squares off against Batman um, I just I, I love that dynamic because Lex Luthor is you know one of the most brilliant guys around um Although we can't figure out who Clark, Clark Kent and Superman are the same person, but you know he he, he is very smart. Um, and then there was the the No Man's Land storyline, where I if I remember correctly, Lex Luthor was actually the one that was behind it. Like he was the one that uh, caused the earthquake that separated Gotham from the rest of the world, and and he did it because he was trying to create, you know, the business opportunity, get all the government money to go in and fix it. Um, I think that's absolutely brilliant. Um, and then I gotta say, I, I always love when Batman and Superman team up. Um, my favorite, probably my favorite DC comic currently that's being published is World's Finest. And, I mean, this was a throwback comic book to, you know, like the 1940s when they would have Batman and Superman in the same comic book, but they would be in different stories, but the cover would always be them together. Um, but now, you know, like it's the way it's written by Mark Wade and um, I'm drawing a pl- Dan, Dan Mora is the artist, and it's just a throwback to like 80s, 70s comic book storytelling. Like it's it's a lot of fun, and Superman and Batman are just great together. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy that DC's you know doing this world's finest comic book again, um, because yeah, it's a lot of fun to see them together. 
Uh, Ragnar, who's your favorite uh, non-Batman villain or hero who has had well, a run-in with Batman? Well, Lillian kind of stole it from me. I was going to say Ninja Turtles, because that was nice. that was just so fantastic. Because uh, you've got really good taste, dude. Yeah, yeah, you, you and I have very similar tastes on most things. <laughs> Um, but he's done some pretty interesting team ups. Like there was, there was uh, in the '80s, he did a team up with Sherlock Holmes, hmm. which I think I think it was more than a one off. I think that was a mini series, but I I may be incorrect on that. Yeah, I think Neil Adams did it too. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, and I remember as a kid that was pretty cool. Um. But yeah, I was gonna go with Ninja Turtles. So excellent. That, that's, yeah. That's Dumb question. Choice. Who was your favorite Ninja Turtle? As a kid, it was definitely Leonardo. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, as an adult, of course, it's Raphael. Um, but as a kid, oh yeah, I was all about Leonardo. The nerd, eh? <laughs> well, he's the leader of the group, right? Yeah, I, I I agree with you, Ragnar. I was definitely a Leonardo guy because I was the big, I was a big brother, and I always felt like Leonardo was the big brother of the group. Yeah, looking after everybody. Um, or was Donnie the nerd? Oh, I'm having a bad day. Don, Donnie yeah, was. Don, Don, was, was Donnie was. I'm I'm I mean, just gonna go curl to up in this. Extent, they're all kind of nerds. They are all, but I'm just like, okay. So if I start forgetting which Ninja Turtle has which weapon, I'm gonna go just sit under the desk tonight. So, so that's about as far as we're going. So who's okay. Leonardo's the one with the two swords. <laughs> who's your favorite, Lillian? Michelangelo. Michelangelo. Obviously. Yeah, he's he's great. Have Have you read The Last Ronin? I haven't read it. Isn't that a movie? No, The Last Ronin. It's it's a it's a Ninja Turtles. <laughs> it's a Ninja Turtles story that just came out like I don't know a couple of years ago. It's amazing, and. I think you'll like it. No, I need to, definitely. Michelangelo has been... You know, this is weird. Sometimes I say things and I listen back to our podcasts and go, Dear God, woman, how did you not... You're just cringy. And I'm like, how did I have a crush on a turtle? How did television and, and movies make us have crushes on animals? Like, I loved Michelangelo and wanted to marry him at some point when I was younger. And I'm like, it's a turtle. That's not physically possible. But I think I've just always had a thing for the witty clown, obviously. Mm-hmm. I married one. You know, but. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Kev, Kev, who's your favorite turtle? Uh, Michelangelo, when I was a kid, just more fun and everything. Uh, Raphael is an adult and being cynical. Yeah. I'm curious, you know, I'm sure there's got to be a study somewhere about adults relating more to Raphael as they get older because life is, you know, serious. Yeah. Seriously, guys. Yeah, he was a very serious dude. Um,. All right, Kevin. Uh, did I ask you who's your favorite villain or hero? Renan, uh, Renan, no, I haven't. It, so no. yeah, you go ahead. Okay. Um, so I, I had uh, Batman Ninja Turtles on my list as well, and honestly, <laughs> it's it's Batman squaring off against Shredder that pushes that over. And you're like, mm. I didn't know I wanted to see this until it showed up here, right. and now mm-hmm. I can't believe I never thought this before in my life. Yep. Like it was, it was a clear. I didn't know I wanted this until I knew it existed. You know, um, I love in JLA Avengers 
uh, Batman meeting Captain America because they don't fight. They just kind of square off, size each other up, and then decide, okay, we know how this is going to end. Let's talk. Yeah. And it's just brilliant. Like, we don't have to fight. We both know how this is going to end. Just just from how their stance is and studying each other's movements as they circle. It's like, all right, I know how this is going to go, but, mm-hmm. you know, I got a feeling we're going to get a lot further by discussion here. Yeah. I just thought, that's freaking brilliant for it. Um, and one uh, thing that I... I don't know if I missed it when I was younger for Adam West Batman or didn't realize or whatever... But um, it takes place on uh, Batman 66, and there's also a comic um, where they finally completed the story, but that's uh, Batman and Robin meeting up with Green Hornet and Kato. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'd be fun. It's got to be one of like the earliest superhero team-ups. Yeah, uh, I mean, the- especially for TV, it's got to be the first one. Yeah, because they because Kato and and uh, Green Hornet they showed up just in one of those wall climbing scenes, right? Yeah, and it was there was supposed to be like a whole crossover for it. Yeah, and uh, Kevin Smith um, was contacted to write it, and he got one of his uh, podcast co-hosts, Ralph Garman, who was best friends in real life with Adam West, to write it. Yeah. So it sounds like he knew from hanging out with Adam West for years, he knew, like, oh, here's what the story was going to be. That's so they cool. just adapted it to the comics. Yeah, Ralph Garman, yeah, he was the guy that uh, got Adam West his, his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yep. Yep. You know, uh, what's that word? Posthumously? Because it was after his death. Did I say that word right? Yeah. Posthumously? You did um, it fantastically. Thank you. It's one of those words, like, I could see it in my brain, but I was like, I don't know if I'm saying it right. But, um, (laughs) yeah, what a crime that Adam West didn't get to be there for that. Because, like, Jesus, Ryan Seacrest has a walk on the Hollywood Walk of Fame before Adam West. There's something wrong there. I will not hear you disparage the new host of Wheel of Fortune. I know, I was like... (laughs) (laughs) I I honestly thought I'd read that he was the new host of Jeopardy, and I almost wanted to cry. Well, it, I mean, I think he'll do okay as Wheel of Fortune, but I just, I just yeah. think, what Hollywood Walk of Fame, like really, like Adam West, like come on, like Ryan Seacrest, no. But anyway, um, what, what I just wanted to quickly give a shout out to that trope in the '66 Batman where they're walking up the wall and like someone famous will poke their head out the window. Um, I, I just love that. I loved when they did that, and it never seemed right because people are always at like an angle because you know they're actually walking on a flat, you know, flat upright surface, but they tilt the camera to make it look like they're climbing up a wall. Um, but that, you know, just a lot of fun. You know, I just thought that was a nice little goofy, goofy thing. Um, all right, so the last question of the night. Other interesting bat villains, uh, Lillian. Is there any other interesting yeah. bat villains that we did not mention tonight? 
the immediate one that came to now obviously you would understand anyone who's a fan of the original like 1960s batman who knows all the things we know about some of the most ridiculous villains that they had on the show and immediately the one that came to my head was very exciting and uh-huh. extravagant and eccentric but egghead <laughs> was i have his i swear his voice forever will be in my head with his egg jokes yeah <laughs> But I mean, what what do you expect when the character is played by Vincent Price? Yep. Um, and aside from, of course, King Tut. So. Yep. But Egghead was my all-time like exactly darling, and so whenever I have to say something, it's his voice in my head going exactly, and I'm like, oh dear God, go away, Vincent. Excellent. Um, so for me, like one of my favorite. Uh, Bat villains, uh, and I was so glad that we got to see him in Batman Begins, was uh, Scarecrow. Uh, and I thought uh, Killian Murphy was excellent as, you know, the, the doctor that's a little bit unhinged and using the gas. And, and I and I love how that was realized in, in Batman Begins, because Scarecrow was always one of my favorite Bat villains. Um, it's my, like, I wasn't a big fan of the Dark Night Rises, um, but no, that movie kind of stunk. But I did like Bane in that movie because, like, in the in the '97 movie, they made him like this brainless Hulk thing. Um, from what I remember, from what I've from what little I've seen from that movie, uh, but Tom Hardy I thought did a good job as Bane because in the comic books. The interesting thing with Bane is he's not just like this big, huge, you know, roided out dude. He's actually very smart. And I love. Is it, is it Nightfall, Kevin? Or is it. Yeah, it's Nightfall, right? When he breaks the facts. Yep. Yeah, because. And it was such. So interesting how they did that. Because, like, Batman, you know, they're having this thing riot at Arkham or whatever. Batman has to go in there. And he basically. It's like a video game where he's fighting a villain, and then he's got to fight the next level, and he's the next villain, and and as he's going, he's getting weaker and weaker until he hit until he meets Bane, and that was Bane's plan all along was to weaken Batman so he could take him out, and then he breaks his back, and like he's just this brilliant strategist, and and I I really like that aspect of him, and and also. Um, Tom King, he did a good, you know, Batman story, like where, you know, where Bane is like behind a lot of Batman's issues during his run. Uh, so yeah, I, I really, I really like Bane. I think he's a great villain when he's done right. Um, also wanted to throw out there, uh, before Adam West passed away, they did a couple of animated movies. DC Animation did a couple movies with him and Burt Ward and Julie Newmar and, um, you know, the surviving actors and actresses. Uh, they did Batman 66 cartoons. Like, there's two two movies of it. And in the second movie, William Shatner played Two-Face, which I thought was brilliant oh, casting. Oh, wow. Because Shatner, I mean, during the 60s was Captain Kirk on Star Trek, so it makes sense that he would play Two-Face in a in a 66 Batman. William Shatner opposite Adam West. Yep. 
Man, that sounds fun. Yeah, because that was a character we never saw in the you know because I don't think he was created till the seventies, so uh, uh-huh. we never saw Two Face. So I yeah, brilliant casting. It was a lot. It was a lot of fun. The only the only thing is, of course, because Adam West was like in his eighties when he was doing the voice. You can tell he's in his eighties doing the voice. Um, right. It, it doesn't sound quite like he did. Um, no, in the Batman but he still is. He, same as William Shatner today. Yeah. yeah, he sounds different than he did in the '60s, but it's still very recognizable. Yeah, and and I mean Adam West was doing. Pardon me, Adam West was doing stuff in Family Guy right up to the end, and yep, you know, very uniquely, very very obviously Adam West. What well, one quick tangent? One thing I heard about the upcoming Indiana Jones movie, which comes out tomorrow at the time of this recording is that when they do the flashback scene, like the first 20 minutes, like when they do the de-aging thing, like him fighting during World War II, I guess Harrison Vo- Harrison Ford's voice sounds old. Like, Indiana Jones looks young, but he sounds old, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm not but, sold on the de-aging thing, so I was just watching the second episode of Secret Invasion tonight, and they're doing some of that de-aging on Samuel L. Jackson. And yes, his face looks great. And his voice sounds fine. But his body looks stooped over because he's an old man, even yeah. though he's supposed to not be an old man. Like, I I like what they did in The Mandalorian better, where they had a, a stand-in who looks very similar to that person in that era. And then they just had that person come in and do the voice. So yeah, when you see Luke Skywalker... It, especially in um, the book of Boba Fett, it was very convincing. Yeah. But it was actually a guy who looked a lot like uh, Mark Hamill did <clears throat> at that age, and then they just enhanced it with CGI and then had Mark do the voice. Yeah. And I think that's a much better approach than having an old guy trying to play a young guy. Yeah, and, and with Samuel L. Jackson, you really notice it in ca- the Captain Marvel movie because he plays yeah. like a younger version of Nick Fury, but when you see them running around, you can tell yeah, he's, he, like, he he's a guy old. in his 70s running. Yeah, it was the same in that Scorsese movie with Robert De Niro where it's like he's a young man and, and his face looks like a young man, but the way he's walking, he looks like he's about to die. Yeah. And, and I found that really creepy and weird. Yeah, you you know it, you I mean, notice it. Remember in movies when they used to just cast a different actor as as you as a young man? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe there's something to that. Uh, really quickly, there's one. Uh, so I've mentioned Scarecrow. I mentioned Bane. Um, there's one character I've never actually read anything where this character is in, but it's a concept I find very interesting, and that is the Batman who laughs. So, based, so from what I understand, Kev, correct me if I'm wrong. This is a Batman who, in his uh, reality, ends up going insane, like the Joker. So he's yes. So he's basically like Joker and Batman together. Yes. I just find wow. that very interesting, and then, and then he wears like, the way he looks, like he's got that spike collar thing going over his eyes. It's just freaky and interesting but i haven't actually read him in anything so i'm i'm 
you know, I want to check that out one of these days. Um, the, huh. So the idea is, much like we have a multiverse, much like we have dark matter and dark energy, there's a dark multiverse. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of underneath all of this. And in the dark multiverse in DC, these are universes where something really horrible happens, and then a chain of events happens that the universe kind of ends up ending. So they're they're unstable, kind of oh, okay. like um, kind of like elements. The higher up you go on the chart, you know, they start yeah. having half lives and radioactive stuff like that. So because of things happening, these dark universes uh, end up being unstable. But every one of them that we saw in the storyline that universe's version of Batman has something horrible happen and then he either takes someone's powers or merges with someone else or something happens or whatever and he becomes like a combination of two other characters but an evil version. Mm -hmm. So there's one where uh, that universe's version of Batman uh, something bad happens and then he ends up in the speed force where uh, you know Flash and uh, every other speedster get their powers but he's an evil version that's part Batman, part Flash, that's called Red Death. Mm. Um, there's a version where Gotham floods, and, uh, you know, like a tsunami thing, Gotham yeah. floods, everything's destroyed, and we have a Batman-Aquaman combination that's called Undertow. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. So, like, really cool stuff. So this one is um, Batman takes out the Joker. Joker's last act is to infect Batman with the toxin. So Batman is slowly turning into a combination of himself and Joker. There's an amazing thing in it that in case uh, any of you are going to read it, I don't want to say, but there's something that's like in the start and you're like, well, this is kind of weird. And then when it pays off at the end, and it's just one word, yeah. when it pays off at then, you're like, oh my God, that's brilliant. How did I not see it coming? Yeah. Um, but when that dark version, the Batman who laughs, comes into our you know, uh, our proper DC universe. He's Batman. He knows he's Bruce Wayne. He has all the Joker's things, and he's like, I can just fuck with this version's, this universe's version of the Batman because I know everything because I am you. Cool. And the only problem with that is that's such an overpowered villain. How do you take him out? Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's been, like, the only problem. It's like, okay, once you got that on the page, then yeah. how do you get rid of him? Yeah. Interesting. Um, all right. Thanks, Kev. Uh, Ragnar, other interesting bat villains for you? Well, I was going to say uh, Ra's al Ghul or Ra's nice. al Ghul, depending on which version you're watching. Yeah. Um, I'd never heard of that character until I watched uh, Batman Begins. And I was immediately like, oh, this is cool. Um, and, of course, you know, Liam Liam Neeson and... Because uh, at first you think it's the one guy, but then, of course, it turns out to be the other guy. Yeah. Um, I can't think of the, the Japanese actor's name, but he's also really good. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, that was cool. And then in Gotham, he shows up again... Um, I guess toward, you know, the latter half of the series, and he's played by um, the guy who plays Dr. Bashir. Oh, uh, Alexander Siddig. Alexander Siddig, and uh, he does a a very different take on it, but is really great. 
and uh, yeah, I, I won't spoil it because I think you guys should should watch Gotham. But his his version of the character is a lot of fun. Well, and uh, right there, and it, was, it was cool. It was cool to see the character and and the actor again. That's a reason I got to watch it right there. I love Alexander Siddiq. He is, I think, one of the my favorite actors. He's really great. Well, there, there you go. So, yeah. Although similar to Game of Thrones, like he's playing an important character, but he's, you know, he's not actually given all that much screen time. Mm. But uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna throw that villain out because uh, I don't think we mentioned him at all. And uh, yeah, that's a great villain. He showed up in season three of Arrow, and I, honestly, I think that was like my favorite Arrowverse villain. I I never watched Arrow. Who who played him in Arrow? I don't know the actor's name. He was really good, though. He was like an English guy or Irish guy. Okay. But he, he, yeah, he's pretty ripped. Like he's he's made a good uh, uh, Raz Al Ghul. Okay. But I mean, that's been years ago since I've seen that. I can't really remember, but I just remember him being really good. Yeah, yeah. I never watched Arrow. Um... I don't nothing against it. Just for whatever reason, I just never came across it. I guess it, it at the time it was really good, but I honestly I dropped off. I think season four or five, like it was, it, the Arrowverse got to be too much for me. It was too formulaic, too too WB ish. Ah, uh, so okay. I kind of gave up. Uh, okay, but yeah, but Stephen Amell is amazing. He's he, he's great, uh, a great actor. He was great as Oliver Queen. Um, oh, uh, oh, on a on a tangent, just because it popped into my mind, I heard a rumor recently that the guy from Supernatural who played Soldier Boy mm-hmm. in Boys is going to be the new Batman. He's already been Batman. He's already been Batman. He's already voiced. So um, that's Jensen uh, Ackles, and he has yeah. already voiced Thanks. Batman in an animated, in a bit of animated things, hasn't he, honey? He's done a few things. Oh okay. Well, I, I don't he's know if it's true or not, it was one of those clickbait. Nope, it's types. there. He's he's actually the voice of Batman. Well, well, I, well I, I read that they're casting him as the next live action Batman. Oh, live action. Yeah, because he said basically the success of his uh, his role in the boys convinced them that he would have the gravitas to play Batman. But that's all the headline said. I didn't read the articles. So. He's yeah, a he, really good like voicing Batman in the cartoon. He's really good. Okay. And he was I mean, great, I never great watched in the Supernatural, but he was kick-ass in The Boys. I'm a little unsure, because I feel as if we just got a new Batman, and I'm not yeah, ready for another this one. Yeah, where DC's complicated, because yeah. that's not the canon Batman, right? Yeah, Robert, just like, yeah, Robert Patterson's Robert, Robert not going isn't canon as Batman, just like, um, well, King Phoenix isn't canon as Joker. They're both yeah. off on their own separate things. Yeah, That's stupid. I know, and then Gotham didn't connect to the Batman movies of the time. Like it's, they had so many opportunities to connect everything, and they just didn't take most of them. Yeah, and it's that's a shame. And you know, yeah. you got the TV Flash, and then the movie Flash, and like they could have made it all one, and it could have been really good, but they they didn't do that. Well, re- real real quick on a side tangent to your tangent, um, <laughs> in tangents. In, on the Arrowverse, they did a crossover. Their last crossover, I think it was, was Crisis on Infinite Earths. 
And they actually had Ezra Miller show up for a scene where he meets Grant Gustin. And it's Grant Gustin, because if you remember in the Justice League movie, he does. They don't call him the Flash. Like he doesn't have a name. Um. So when he meets Grant Gustin, Grant Gustin's like, "Are, are you, are you me?" And all, and they, you know, they do the "I'm Barry Allen." No, I'm Barry Allen. And he's like, "So oh. you're a fla- you're a Flash." And then Ezra Miller's like, "Flash." And he's like, "Yeah, that's what what I'm called, the Flash." And then Ezra Miller's like, "The Flash." And then he goes back to his universe. So in this new movie. He calls himself the Flash because of meeting Grant Gustin in that crossover. Oh, okay. Well, that's okay. That's cool. Yeah, that's a cool, cool little tie-in. Yeah, it, I honestly think thought that was a fever dream where they bumped into each other and the Flash was like, <laughs> "Are you a Flash?" He's like, "Flash." I like. That. I thought that. I thought I dreamt that up. No, no, it it happened. It was it was probably the best scene in in that crossover. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, because they 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 had. Um, uh, oh, uh, drawing a blank on Batman the Animated Series. Uh, Kevin Conroy. They had Kevin Conroy as a version of Batman live action uh, oh, in, in that crossover. They had Burt Ward, who played the original Robin in Batman 66 wow. in that. Who, by the way, I also had a giant crush on. <laughs> when they released that book, Adam West released a book about being Batman. There were some mm-hmm. very inappropriate stories in there, and I was like, Wow, oh, Robin's yeah. naughty. They, when because you got to remember, like back in the '60s and even like into the '70s, the '80s, the '90s, those type of shows they would do like tours where they would go to malls and all that kind of stuff, and they yeah. were treated treated like the Beatles, right? And yeah, apparently Adam West and Burt Ward um, they liked the ladies. You know, kudos to them for cashing in on their celebrity. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we, uh, I was on a tangent with a tangent, and okay, Kev. Um, uh, other interesting bat villains for you? Okay, um, I always thought Victor Zaz was interesting. Mm. He is the one that will cut himself for every person he's killed to keep mm. track of them. So his body's just covered in scars. I always thought that was an interesting character. I mean, there's not much. Like, you can do, you know, one issue. You could do, like, one episode of a show. It's not a good enough gimmick for, like, an entire movie. Mm-hmm. You know, but he could be, like, a, you know, someone you beat up before the main guy or, or a henchman or a flunky or something like that. But just a very, very creepy idea in the Batman world. Um, one that I would love to see them do some sort of live-action version of is the ventriloquist and Scarface. Yeah. And I love seeing them on the Batman animated series. What, which version of, do you like? Like the older guy with the with Old Scarface? Old guy with it, yeah. Yeah, not the, not yeah. the hot chick with, with... Yeah. Yeah, I like the no, original. No, and I mean... It, yeah, it, it, it works. Yeah. You know, uh, no no, no, no one ever got poor by putting a hot girl in the story. That you is know? true. So, like, that is true. It works. I, I get it. But the dynamic I like with the old man ventriloquist and Scarface is that really plays it up more for is the doll alive? Or is the old man really in control of all this? And he has some sort of split personality? 
and yeah. really playing with what the heck is actually going on here. Yep. And I always thought there was a really fun dynamic. And, and like, you could, you know, okay, well, oh, well, based on this, it's clear that, it, you know, it's the old man controlling everything. And then something else happened. You're like, well, based on that, it could be that, you know, the doll's actually alive and controlling stuff. Like, it, it would just, you know, every writer would just mess with you for it. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I, um, again, I don't think you could do Ventura, Chris, and Scarface as a full movie. But I think you absolutely could on TV, though. Yep. I, and I've, I've been saying this for years. HBO, do a Batman show. Come on. Like, you, you guys... Well, do- they're supposed to do a Gotham Central police show. I don't... This can be in the world of the Batman. I just... Just do a straight-up Batman show. Like, I, I just want a Batman, you know, like, do ten episodes a season, have an arc for the season, then the next season you got your big, you know, like, maybe the first season you got Joker as the big bad, second season you could have, like, Penguin as the big bad, and you can have the minor villains showing up for individual episodes and stuff, but, um, I just wish HBO would just pull a trigger. It's like, you guys own, like, Warner Brothers owns this. Just do it. Like, you guys can do Game of Thrones, you can do a good Batman show. It's it's a no-brainer to me, like, it just, it, it would, you know, it would be the best yeah. if, if, the, if done properly. But um, so the ventriloquist. There was someone. There was another villain that I wanted to throw out there, but damn, can't remember. Um, but anywho, um, I think we can call this an episode. Uh, but before we go, let's play that little game of where we can find you on the internet. And Lillian, where can we find you? All right. So at the moment, you can find me not normally active on Twitter at Talking Squirrel. That's talking without an A. It's talking uh, on Twitter. But at the same time, uh, if you are in British Columbia and you have nothing to do in the month of October, if you look up our lovely little event called the Pentagon, uh, tickets are on sale and we run a nerdy thing and have fun. So uh, you can find me there as well. Going crazy. Excellent. Uh, you can also find me on the internet here at the Pop Culture Pub Podcast Network. I do a blog. at It's at uh, randomnerdness.blogspot.com. I do a weekly comic, my weekly comic book picks, if you want to check that out. Um, I also, I've been putting up uh, show notes for our upcoming episodes on the podcast there. So if you want to get a preview of what we're going to be talking about, you know, be sure to check that out at the at uh, randomnerdist.blogspot.com and I'll be seeing Ragnar in a few weeks at Animathon in Edmonton. Um, oh, yeah. wait, wait. You guys are going to Animathon? Hell yeah. Yep. Can one of you buy a mug for me and ship it to me? <laughs> yeah. Already uh, came out with uh, a mug, one of my favorite sure. vendors, and it says... Um, Oh, what did her mug say? It said something amazing, and I'm like, I need to have this mug, but she's only selling it at conventions, and I won't see her this year. Okay, well, well send me the details. I'll, I'll do that up. No problem. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, at the end of the month, I'll be, or end of July, sorry, I'll be attending Vulcan uh, for the first time in, like, five years. I'll be in the town of Vulcan, so... I'm looking, oh. I'm looking forward you to are, that. So you are going. I am. I got my ticket. 
Yeah, I got my ticket. I'm not. I'm not. To be honest, I'm not super thrilled with the guests. No offense to the guests, but I'm who, not. Who I'm, are the guests? Uh, two actors from Strange New Worlds. Um, the the guy who I'm played, a big fan, by the way. I I love I I just I can't get it. I love uh, Anson Mount. I do. He's you know beautiful human being, both inside and outside. I just I just I don't know. I'll, I'll give it another try. But the guy who plays the Anar chief engineer in season one, he'll be there. He's he's a Cal- Calgarian actor who's also oh, okay. partially blind or fully blind. I can't I can't remember. So, you know, I'm interested to meet him and, and hear his story. And then I can't okay. remember the other actress. I think it's an actress from Discovery, but I could be wrong. Hmm. But anyway, um, okay. fingers crossed. I was hoping that, you know, because before, during like when the pandemic hit in 2020, Tim Russ was supposed to be there. I was so psyched to meet Tim Russ because I have he, I have never met him. He's been yeah. to, he's been to Volcon yeah, before. Exactly. Yeah, he's been to Volcon before, but unfortunately, he wasn't there when or I I wasn't there the year he was there. So yeah. I've been wanting to meet him, and and then of course the pandemic hit, and he hasn't been scheduled back yet. So I'm. Fingers crossed, maybe next year. I'd love to meet him. Um, but anyway, Ragnar, where can we find you on the internet, sir? Um, I'm active on both Facebook and Instagram as Ragnar the Trader. And I do have a website, RagnarTheTrader.com, although it is horribly understocked and in need of some love, but I've just been so busy with mm-hmm. physical shows. Yeah, um, that uh, I haven't got to that, and I don't really know when or if I will. <laughs> but uh, anyways, as Chris said, I will be at Animathon in Edmonton uh, in about two weeks' time. Yep. This weekend, I'm going to Humboldt, Saskatchewan, hmm. um, for a one-day Comic Con, and uh, I've never done a show in Humboldt, and I don't think I've ever done a show on Canada Day, so I think that would be kind of fun. And, uh, I, yeah, I love doing trade shows and I go all over Western Canada. So come check me out sometime. Excellent. Yeah, I'll be there Sunday at Animathon. So awesome. Uh, not Saturday. Uh, we just got tickets for the one day. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I should point out, yeah, uh, Saturday is Canada Day here in Canada, it's our national holiday. And then Kev, Fourth uh, of July is coming up for you guys. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Happy Canada Day, Happy Fourth of July, everybody. Um, Kevin, where can we find you, sir? You can find me at Mass Library on most social medias, and MassLibrary.com is my home blog. Excellent, excellent. Uh, all right. Well, on behalf of all of us here at the Pop Culture Pub. I want to thank you, dear listener, for taking the time to listen to us talk about Batman villains. And we will see you again in the not-too-distant future.